Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you book, big book, sorry, big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, July 30th. Today, we are reading from the big book, chapter six, and we're on page 88, paragraph two. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Jody E.Q., for the 12 traditions, Jackie M., and reading the text are Annie B., Jen A., and Allison L. The reference number for Sunday, July 29th, is 11,719. That's 11,719. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jody E.Q. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovering in California. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, everybody, for being there. And I pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. Okay, I will now ask Jackie M to read the 12 traditions. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Jackie M from New York, recovered. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. 
Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jackie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 88, second paragraph, starting with We Alcoholics and reading through those two paragraphs. I will now ask Annie V. to begin reading. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Hi, thank you so much for your service. This is Annie V, uh, compulsive overeater recovered just for today. We alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. But this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12. So, yeah, we just completed... Um, reading in the first 164 and steps um, 1 through 11. And I certainly know as an alcoholic compulsive overeater addict um, that I certainly needed the discipline of this program. I have never done it alone. 
and I tried so many times, um, and I, I could have never done it, even with human aid. I really needed um, a higher power. And we're almost there, but we're just not quite there. Remember, um, in step one, my problem is powerlessness over the, um, you know, the body, the allergy that leads to the phenomenon of craving, um, and the mental twist. Step two tells me that my, there is a solution, and that's power. Step three is like, oh, wow, I make that decision to turn my will over, over, uh, my will over to the care of my higher power and decide that, yeah, I want to find this power. And then we're rocketed into four through nine, um, and then in 10 and 11, we're um, getting even closer that my objective is this spiritual awakening, that personality change where I think, I act, I feel, and I believe differently in a way where I can stop and stay stopped. And I'm not there's just one thing that's missing. I, faith without works, if I don't do this next essential step, it's always this uh, next there's something, that this is a great beginning. Um, I might not keep that connection with my higher power, and I could revert back into um, the disease, right? Um, the big book says that there is no middle-of-the-road solution, so I've got to jump into the next uh, chapter and give it back so I can, you know, in giving back, I keep what I've received that paradox of program that's always um, super beautiful to me. And I love this, this just line that faith without works is dead. Um, can really meditate on that for a while. Uh, you know, how can I be in action? How am I, you know, how are my actions in integrity to what I'm admitting? I started that from steps one through three, even though um, I know I hear a lot of people saying they're conclusion steps. But, you know, I have to put down this way. I did a lot of work to do that. Um, freedom um, isn't free always, but I, you know, I had a new, uh, my health professional give me a food plan. I turned over my food, weighed and measured in terms of the volume allergy. Um, so I had to do little tiny actions to work step one. And now through here, you know, am all of my, you know, are the, are, am I resentful, right? Am I making time? Am I pausing throughout the day to be in touch with my higher power? And then there's nothing like the next step to get me even closer to my higher power. So my work doesn't stop just because I've gone through the steps one round, one time. And um, this is really a beautiful program for living. And I, uh, my time is up. And I thank you so much for your service. Take care. Thanks. Thank you, Annie. OK, so if you're just joining us, we're on page 88, reading the last two paragraphs. And who would like to comment on this paragraph? Madam, Katie from Boston. Carol A. Katie from New Jersey. Okay, I heard Nancy Matt Katie. M. Just a second, I heard Matt M. Elizabeth Nancy D. Katie. Elizabeth D. Okay, just one second. Let me show you, tell you who I um, got. I got Matt M. Katie G. Cheryl. I didn't get your last uh, initial. Um, A. Nancy. Cheryl A. Okay, Nancy. I'm not sure which Nancy it was. And Elizabeth okay. D. Lisa Kim B. G. Lisa B. Kim G. Lisa J. Franta H. from New Jersey. Okay, let's stop there. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I got a Lisa B. And then I think there was an, another Lisa. Lisa J. J. Okay. And Kim G. I believe I heard there. Okay, so let's go with Matt M, Katie G, Cheryl A, Nancy, Elizabeth D, Lisa B, Lisa J, and Kim G. Go ahead, please, Matt, get us started. 
Thank you, Kitty, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt Emma over Edith from New Jersey. We have the hogs are in discipline. I, I don't know about you, but um, I have discipline in certain areas, but when it comes to this food, I am so, like, out of whack, you know. I have no such thing as willpower. No such thing. There's a lot of shuffling going on. Um, I have no such thing as willpower or um, anything that's going to do with that. But um, right now, recently, I'm doing well. I'm working with a sponsor, and I'm helping to work myself to the steps. But you know what? There's a part of me that's stubborn and that likes to dig in his, dig in his heels because if my sponsor gives me an inch, I want to take a mile. So I, I, I'm honest with him. I was rigorously honest and told him this is sometimes how I act, and I'm willing to be – I want to get over this feeling, and I want to do something about it. You know, that's why I push through and I pray to my higher power to help me deal with that willfulness that comes up because, again, part of me, just, there's a part of me that does not like to be told what to do. And that's the, that's, that's the selfish, egotistical, self-centered side of me that I don't like. And, but there is a program of action, and I follow it one day at a time. And I'm very grateful that I have the willingness to do that because there's some days I have to push myself a little bit, and I need to um, uh, ask for guidance uh, from my higher power, from my sponsor, from other people in the program to give me that little push because, again, like I said, some days are better than others. And I'm just grateful today that I'm working towards getting that discipline that I do need to keep keep the program solid in my mind one day at a time with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Okay, Katie G, you're up, followed by Cheryl A. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Boston. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> there's somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, a teacher I have that says, discipline is the horse I ride because I am naturally undisciplined. You know, you tell me, um, to do something and I run screaming in the opposite direction and you know I think any sort of structure is bad for me right like too much structure is going to limit my life well let me tell you discipline is the horse I ride today thank you God and um, and I don't pick up the food no matter what no matter what you know like I'm recovered today but I still follow my <clears throat> um, my, my plan of eating I still follow my absence nothing has changed nothing has changed just because I'm on step 11 nothing has changed about the food Right, like <clears throat> I don't start having that diet mentality. Oh, I'm just going to have a little of this or a little bit of that. My whole life is structured, and through structure, I find freedom. Right, um, you know, by getting up in the morning, by getting on my knees. And the truth is, there's a lot. It's grow up time, KDG. The truth is, like I don't wanna. I don't wanna get up. I don't wanna weigh and measure. I don't wanna prep. I don't wanna do the. Okay, uh huh. Thank you very much for sharing. Well, you're an adult now, and being an adult means I don't get to do what I want to do all the time. And I don't get strung along like a dog on a leash by my feelings, right? Like, thanks for sharing, but we're going to be grown-ups today, and we're going to accept. What are we going to accept? I'm a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. I have no power, no choice or control around the food. So it is my obligation to take care of the food. It is my obligation to take care of this obsession of the mind, to live in step 10, step 11, and step 12. And, you know, faith without works is dead, right? So if I... I remember having a conversation when, in a particularly dark time with uh, my sponsor, and she said, well, you know, we got to have faith. And I'm like, well, I just want to feel faith. <laughs> I don't want to just step out in action. And, I, you know, for me that meant I wanted to hide in my deserted barn to die, right? Like I just wanted to be like, okay, God, I don't think I want to show up for this scary thing called life today. Like just give me a little faith. And what does God want me to do? He wants me to show up. And I get faith by exerting my faith muscles, which means I walk through. It means that, okay, God, you've put this in front of me. Are you going to go with me as we do this? Okay, here we go. No matter what. And as I step out in faith, 
I start to feel faith. I start to feel trust. But it's not like God is all of a sudden like, here you go, Katie, here's all this faith. That's not been the way it's it's worked for me. And thank you, God, for this um, chapter that's given us an unshakable foundation for our life, right? Self-examination, prayer, meditation. Self-examination, prayer, meditation. And thank you, God, I'm learning to grow up. I don't get to be a little three-year-old today, but thank you, God, if I'm not acting, if I'm acting in accordance with God's will for me in that disciplined way, oh my gosh, life is unbelievable. Thank you, God. And the most important thing is I want to live it and I want to follow it. And I'm just grateful for one more day with all of you as a recovered woman. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Cheryl A., you're up, followed by Nancy. Hi, this is Cheryl A. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, this is Cheryl A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Boston. So happy to be on the line today and so uh, happy for this very simple message um, that faith without works is dead. For me, I have to look at it both ways because I've been in program for so long doing things um, my way here and there, here and there, here and there. And I've, I've moved into situations where I've moved straight into works without enough faith. And then I've had times where I've been so focused on the deep faith and what that feels like to me that I'm not doing enough works. So for me, it's, it's kind of both ways. Faith without works is dead, but works without faith doesn't work. Um, it just doesn't work. I have been one of those people who came kicking and screaming in 10 and 11 because there's been so much joy at being able to live without the absolute oppression with food. And I can go just (laughs) dancing, dancing around until, oh my gosh, I realize the rest of my life is totally unmanageable. 10 and 11... Um, have built this muscle of faith, and it's 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 in the way that God is disciplining me. I it took a long time to do to do things the way that this book outlines, um, so that God has disciplined me in the simple way that we have just outlined. I spent a long time trying to discipline myself with control and more control and more control and more self reliance and more self reliance and called it God and faith. But control and action, if it's not the right kind of action, isn't really faith. So the works is, is where we're supposed to be. Um, this, the next chapter is a long one, and there's so much in there about what we need to do to work with others. Um, but I'm so grateful today to understand that the faith in the way, in the simple way that has just been outlined, in the way that God disciplines me, is the under um, is the safety net and the the it's what keeps my my tent posts down because if my if my faith through the way I'm supposed to work step eleven uh, is not in place then stuff happens I get a feeling life happens and then my tent goes flying up in the air without those tent posts in place with that faith the works. I'm not ready for the works, and that's where that's that when all when all is said and done is what will keep me re- recovered. Thanks so much. Hope everybody has a great day. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Okay, Nancy, you're up. 
I'm actually going to have to pass today. Sorry. I'll catch you another time. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth D., you're up, followed by Lisa B. Can I be heard? <clears throat> Elizabeth? Yes. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Okay. My name is Elizabeth. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. Um, we, uh, we alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we have outlined. The first thing that pops into my head when I read that is that food discipline and spiritual discipline are not necessarily the same. I can't do this program just with food discipline. Um, I, for years, I worked um, a very structured food plan and a very structured tool-based kind of Overeaters Anonymous. And um, I could get abstinent and I could take off the 65 pounds that I had gained in the last relapse, but within a matter of months, I would be back in the food because my focus was on food discipline and tool discipline. Um, this reading reminds me that spiritual discipline is what I'm going for. The food discipline comes first. That's how I get my head clear. That's how I make the first step. I take the first action. It says there is action and more action. This is an action program. My first action is the food discipline. And then I have to do the spiritual disciplines of this program, which set me free. In 2015, um, I had a new experience of the steps very quickly and, um, and uh, got a spiritual awakening um, in a vision f with a Vision for You sponsor, a, a guide. And after I was finished, um, um, I'd finished my, my ninth step, I, I felt great. I felt, oh, yeah, I'm whole. I'm, like Bill says in his story, I had arrived. And then my self-centered fear started to come in. Well, I'm not good enough to sponsor the way I had just been sponsored. How can I possibly sponsor at the, way I was, the way I was sponsored? So that self-centered fear kept me in a state of procrastination around sponsoring um, people. And um, within a matter of months, months, I was back in the food and was experiencing the worst relapse of my three years in a way. Um, my relapses don't get better. They only get worse. And the next one is worse than the last one. Um, my only solution is what I heard this morning, and that is just get on that horse and ride the discipline. And that means 10 and 11 and 12 in my life. I'm uh, recovering from a head injury, and it's been particularly challenging um, these last days, and I have really bad days. But when I have a bad day, I make it a short one, which means I go to bed because I know that my life is in the hands of higher power and the next day I have hope for a better day because I have these, this spiritual toolkit at my, laid at my time. feet that I can use one day at a time. Thanks so much, and I pass. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Okay, Lisa B., you're up, followed by Lisa J. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you, Katie, for your service. Um, the word dis undisciplined. We, 
The word we and undisciplined really spoke to me this morning, um, and the word discipline. I have to remember that this is a we program, and, you know, as a compulsive overeater, I'm also an alcoholic. The compulsive overeater in me, I love to isolate with my thoughts and my feelings and with my food, whereas an alcoholic, um, it was so much more easier for me to be sociable and act out with the effect of alcohol. But I, I am truly an, a compulsive overeater to the core of my being. And isolating is so natural for me. And I have to remember that we, we are undisciplined. Not just me, but we as a group, you know, we are undisciplined. And that's why I also love the traditions for all of us. But um, the, 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 the guidelines that I learned that have just been outlined in this chapter into action have been so vital for me to stay fresh and current and alive and not let a program become tool-based or meeting-based and, and just kind of go through the motions. You know, living in step 10 and 11 have kept everything so fresh for me, and that's where the we comes in, in, in sharing my defects with other fellows. I know that this program has taught me to be God-dependent, not a sponsor-dependent, and following the specific directions of a 10-step, you know, reaching out to my higher power, connecting with my higher power, but sharing, sharing my inventory with another has been so liberating, and it's emphasized that WE program. The other thing is um, not minimizing any disturbance that I feel, and that's what I wanted to share this morning if it's helpful to another, that as an addict, a compulsive overeater addict, um, I tend to minimize, like, oh, that's just so small. That's no big deal. I don't need to do a 10-step on that. I'm just going to let it pass. So these are the disciplines that have been outlined for me that have really, really helped me. And when I look at Bill's story on page 13, he says, my friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. And that's my experience today. This has truly solved my food problem, my alcohol problem, but it's answered all my problems, which is based in a spiritual malady and causes me to seek outside of myself. And um, bottles, food, you know, those are symbols. That's just a symptom of something else. And I love the disciplines of this program. It, it keeps everything so, like I said, fresh, alive, and current. And I am an undisciplined person, and I do tend to isolate into me, and I have to keep it a we. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. And now we'll have Lisa J. Good morning. This is Lisa J. from Michigan, recovered for this 24 hours. The word that popped out to me was simple, the simple way. My disease tries to help me complicate it every single day. Um, I have to remember that God never leads me anywhere that his love can't protect me. And if we look to the earlier pages, a couple pages back, there's this pattern for me. Um, I ask God to direct my thinking every day, and then I get to use the brains he gave me. And then if I get stuck, I ask for inspiration, intuitive thought, decision. And then at the bottom of one of those pages, it says we relax and take it easy. We do not struggle. So if I find myself struggling and struggling with the food or struggling with the situation, um, I have to get in there and ask God, okay, what's going on inside, you know, or ask another fellow. And then I'm often surprised how the right answers come. There was a point in my program where I wanted to find out everything right away. I have to figure this out. I have to figure 
figure this out about myself and, and how to deal with this and get the poison out. And I wanted to do that with step four. But I've done step, several step fours in my life. And I find that I love page 164. More will be revealed. So there I am again, trying to run the show, trying to make things happen, trying to peel back the layers of the onion that only God can peel back. So I have to go back to this simple way, and it's one step after the other. And if I'm stuck on one step, I go to the previous step before that, and then before that, or I just start right at the beginning and do one, two, and three over again. But when I get to step 10, and it calls me to action. It has to be the action that God's calling me to. I have to remember that I asked him for his will today. And so, um, but I have to do the action myself. He won't do it for me. I have to put the food down myself. He won't do that for me. So I have to do my part and then he does his part. And as I walk through these practical steps, I find that I experience the miracle of freedom. And so every day I'm so thankful for that because it's freedom from food. It's freedom from my selfishness. It's freedom from my twisted, diseased thinking. But I need help with that. With, I need help from God. I need help from others. Otherwise, I don't get that freedom. And so I have to use the simple way that's outlined here. And thanks to you guys for helping me do that today. With that, I'll pass. Okay. Thank you so much. And next we'll have Kim G. And so if you're just joining us, we're on page 88. We alcoholics are undisciplined. We read those two paragraphs. And after Kim G, I'll open it up for more shares. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we just outlined. So what is the way we just outlined? It's the steps. You know, I think of the most famous, famous one in the big book on page 58, where it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. What is our path? It's the 12 steps. And I'm just going to read, this is a paragraph from our, my home group's format, and I absolutely love it because it emphasizes the same idea. It says, the purpose of this study is to analyze the big book slowly, one page at a time, comparing the program we are currently working with the one in print from our founders, making adjustments where needed. We believe the big book is a textbook that is meant to be studied in groups in order to gain objectivity on its contents. The big book is in order it is in because each page lays the foundation for understanding the next. So I'm at step 11 now. That's why I can now, God, God can discipline me because I'm unblocked. You know, this makes me think about like, you know, why did I struggle so many years in Overeaters Anonymous? And that brings me back to page 11 in Bill's story. At the top of the page, it says to Christ. Now I'm going to use to Overeaters Anonymous. So to Overeaters Anonymous, I can see the certainty of a great program but not too closely followed by those who claimed it. The moral teachings of the 12 steps were most excellent, but for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult and the rest I disregarded. So I wasn't working the program as outlined. You know, for many years, my experience and my observation is, is OA is seen as a tool program. It's an eight pro tool program when I started, it's a nine tool program now. So I just like to use this analogy. If I have a bunch of tools, if I have a hammer and a screwdriver and a wrench and nails and screws, and I have a piece of wood and I'm just randomly, you know, screwing and hammering stuff, I mean, what does that accomplish? Nothing. But if I want to build a doghouse for my dog, I need those tools. They are absolutely essential. So the question is, what am I building? You know, my observation is it's very easy to work the tools and not work the steps. 
my experience and my observation, it's impossible to work the steps and not work the tools. So what I realized is for many years, 17 years, I used the tools to fight the food and to fight the problem. And what happened was I relapsed over and over and over. And seven and a half years ago, when I decided this book was going to give me freedom, what I did is I used the tools to work the solution, to work these steps, and I've recovered. And I've had seven and a half years of not white-knuckled abstinence trying to beat the food one more day working the tools. I've had seven and a half years of contented abstinence with a relationship with a power greater than myself that has given me gifts beyond my, my wildest dreams. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay, so um, we're on, the, on page 88. And who would like to share on those last two paragraphs? Sante from New Jersey. Melissa Roz G. Melissa C. Larry. Larry K. Sante H. I got you, Santa. Oh, okay. I have Santa H. Roz G. Melissa C. Larry K. Who else? Jason K. Jason K. Did I miss anyone? Okay, Santa H, you're up, followed by Roz G. Jody, thank, thank you. you. Um, good morning, everyone, my fellows. It's great to be here on a Monday morning. Uh, usually I'm working, I'm so glad I have today off to be here with all of you. My name is Santa H. I am a, a compulsive overeater, living in the solution one day at a time. And I like that I'm only given 24 hours a day because that's about as much as I can handle, and the universe knows that. And so that's why we structure this way, and I can handle just about that. And I also want to um, talk here about the undisciplined and discipline. Um, and by the time I get to step 11 and I have done the work, um, it's no longer about the food. It's really about my mindset. And so for me, I always understand and know that I am disciplined when I am in a space of serenity. When I'm not in serenity, then I know that I'm not disciplined and I need to get back to the basics. And I love what Dr. Bob always says, keep it simple. And I really try to keep my program simple. I love getting up in the morning like the book here suggests, and it's well in this chapter it, it suggests um, on page 85, um, prayer and meditation. I don't pray in a religious sense, but I do have affirmative prayers that I do, and one of my favorite that I say every day, and it's like a mantra in my mind now, I say, today I seek the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, and that means changing other people, and the courage to change the things I can, and that means the only person I can change is myself and the wisdom to know the difference is knowing the wisdom of what is in my control and what is not in my control. And so I let good orderly directions or the invisible force I like to call the unnameable to discipline me, to bring me that serenity, to get me back in, get me back in right, foot steady, right foot and standing straight up again. That is outlined in this book. I love these steps, and I'm definitely a big proponent of step 10. It doesn't matter how, what is going on in my life. I am like, like my hair is on fire. I'm about to burn up. I am one to do a 10th step because I know that's the crux of me getting back my serenity. 
especially when I need to rely on other spiritual resources other than what is in front of me at the moment. And so I know that I'm disciplined when I'm in serenity. And I, one of my favorite stories in, in Chapter 1 is I love Jim. Jim, he, you know, he made it through steps 12 and it all went well for a time. And what has that happened to me more than once? But I have failed to enlarge my spiritual life. So for me, I know my discipline has to start first thing in the morning with my affirmative affirmations and my meditation. I have to get my mind centered because the food is not the issue at step 11 for me. Right now, the issue is, do I have the right mindset? And I'm going out of my house every day with serenity, and I'm carrying that serenity throughout the day, but am I'm also giving that serenity and sharing it with others as I go through my day, and that's how I build and enlarge on my uh, spiritual life, and that is what step uh, 11 really focuses on step-by-step on how to do that, and thank you, Katie F., for allowing me to contribute this morning. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Santa. Roz G., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Good morning. My name is Roz G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Los Angeles County. And, you know, when I look at the word undisciplined, you know, I think about my my past. I'm a recovering know-it-all. And I didn't like anybody telling me what to do. I remember when I was a little girl, my mother and I wanted to get, you know, some cookies out of the pantry and my mother would say no. I would used to get so angry. And um, for some reason, I listened to my mom as a kid out of fear, um, and I learned how to respect her. But after I, you know, turned 18, I stayed at home, but I started doing, you know, what I wanted because I thought that I could do it. You know, I could do whatever I wanted, and I would be just fine. I was in control of my life, and I was just fine. And I didn't, I didn't. Uh, listen to anyone. I didn't want to listen to anyone because, like I said, I thought I knew it all. And after I, you know, tried all the diets and everything I tried to do, I was very disciplined at working out, but um, that didn't work either. I got into the program and I got a sponsor, and I didn't want to do what my sponsor told me to do either, and I went through lots of different sponsors because I didn't think that one was right or this one was right or didn't agree with this one, and um, I didn't do it at any anything that anybody told me to do. I did it my way. I sponsored myself, and I sponsored myself all the way into relapse just like what I've heard before. So I think, I'm not sure about this, but the word discipline to me sounds like disciple. And what I've learned is that a disciple takes on the the, uh, the, the cloak of humility and listening and obeying the instructions of one who knows better. And so today, I consider myself a person, a disciple of, of a sponsor of, a, of this big book. And of a lot of the people that I hear on these lines that have been there, done that, have a lot of recovery. And so now I shut up and listen to them and do what they say. And like it says here, there is action and more action. Well, what kind of action do I need to take? I need to to be of service. I need to take the direction that my sponsor 
tells me to take. And usually it's contrary to what I want to do. And it's usually contrary to my will. And it takes, it gives me different habits. My, you know, getting up extra early for me so that I can get on this phone call or at least listen live and getting up in the morning and, and praying. And my, the biggest self-discipline Hi. I've had, problem, thank you, is a nightly review. But I'm getting better at that. Thank you, God, for this, um, this chapter, Faith Without Works is Dead, from the book of James. Thank you so much. Thank you, Roz G. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Larry K. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, yes, yeah, so I'm undisciplined by nature. Um, and for a long time, I really, I bristled um, against being disciplined. You know, I felt like there was like this negative connotation in my head. I felt like like I would be like a dog, you know, following, um, you know, the rules. And, and that, you know, but being disciplined, is, it's because it's training people, you know, being trained to obey the rules, to follow a code. And, um, and I like to see myself as this free-spirited person, you know. I, I Like inside my heart, I feel like I'm, you know, this hippie, free-thinking person. And, um, you know what, it's really crap. <laughs> like I laugh at myself when I think I wasn't free. I was always disciplined. I was always being trained um, to obey my hunger. Like I was owned by what I was experiencing as hunger. And the food was disciplining me. You know, I was following the code of my empty pit, you know. And so uh, I was running around doing lots of things. um, And there were things I didn't even like doing but it was because I was actually being disciplined by my disease, by my hunger. And so, you know, the shift here was when um, disciplined enough by the food, owned enough by the food, following the food enough, I realized um, I was in agony and in enough pain. You know, I became willing to be disciplined by this program. And there's many times when um, I start working with a new person and there's there's this we don't like to give up control. We don't, I don't like to give up control. You know, my discipline today, um, I, yeah, I have to wake up at a certain time. You know, I can't, I can't sleep in. Um, I have to start my day with prayer. Prayer is like the first thing. My eyes open, I'm praying. You know, then it's followed by meditation. Um, and then I have some other daily things I have to do. I've got to read my assignments. For me, I've got to write every day. I have to write my food down every day. I, I'm, I'm a compulsive overeater. I need a structured food plan. Um, it's not the end all of my um, program, but it is where it begins. Um, you know, I have to, part of my discipline is responding to my fellows, to working with my sponsees and getting on this meeting. This is part of how I start my day. Um, you know, and this discipline, not life, has actually turned me in to that happy, free-thinking person that I always wanted to be. You know, it's through discipline that I'm actually free. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Jason Kay. Thanks, Katie. 
Thanks for your service. You know, one of the things that Bill Wilson, one of the terms that I love, he called this spiritual kindergarten. I like that. I like coming to, to my, my kindergarten classroom every day. I bring my, pack my lunch and I come in. I'm all excited. I get to put the, hang up my bag and, you know, I got my little cubby hole there and I, well, I'm excited to learn. You ever, you, you remember, you remember uh, the, the, uh, the kindergarten room, you know, the excitement to learn? You fast forward, you, you know, maybe you're in a high school classroom. It's not so exciting in that room, generally. We don't stick our neck out. We don't be vulnerable. You don't say much. This is different, you know. This is, um, these disciplines, this spiritual program of action is a, is a program, the spiritual kindergarten is a program where I'm being drawn into the future rather than driven by my past. See, the high school sophomore is driven by their past. They know, don't stick your neck out, you're gonna get, you're, you're vulnerable. Not the kindergartner. They're drawn into a future. And they discover, we discover all that stuff, we, we have expectations and there's intentions and anticipations and a desire, you know, for, for a future. And it's a better starting off point than asking about past behavior. If you want to know what disciplines I'll be doing in my program next week, you know what the best place to start is? Ask what I intend to do next week. <clears throat> not what I did last week. Not what I did last month, last year, last decade. What's my intention for my future? That's where my disciplines lie. I know I'm God willing. I'm going to be on this line tomorrow. It's my intention. I may, you know, share, I don't know. Our human action is drawn by future intentions. And while the past may have a, a bit of influence, the past is most certainly not the driver of that action. If the past were truly the driver of my future, then I'd be dead. Fair? There'd be a few other people on this line that wouldn't be here. If the past was the driver, it's not. My disciplines are driven by my intentions. We're in step 11. I, have I done the work? I, you know, I know how, so when I, I can see a recovered person. They, they sponsor. They, they sponsor, not grudgingly, but they sponsor. They, they have an intention to do it. They know that it's, it's a, you know, their, their recovery is dependent on that, and they trudge through that. It's not easy, but there's a desire to do it. They have the right intentions. Thank God for this program. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Jason K., your turn. Hi, this is Jason K., recovered compulsive eater and bulimic from outside of Philadelphia. Can I be heard? Yes, Jason. Good, thank you. Um, so the biggest thing in this reading that sticks out for me is um, that God disciplines us. And for me, I had had this lifelong fascination with um, discipline. I'd look at athletes and uh, Zen masters who'd meditate for hours upon end in caves, and I'd say, I want that. And I'd come up with my own plan, and I'd try to follow it just to disastrous results. It just was like unmanageable, untenable. And I really resonate with this. And for me, uh, what really sticks out about this is we let God discipline us, which means that I have to get myself out of the way. 
um, selfishness and self-centeredness is truly the root of my problem. When I tried to discipline myself out of these egotistical, self-centered ideals because I wanted to be, you know, the best athlete or I wanted to try to get enlightened for whatever reason, um, I had no power. I had no power. And I, I sought God from this selfish place. I sought uh, spiritual experiences from this selfish place, and I lived my life from this selfish place. And I found lack of power was my dilemma. And for me, reading this, uh, reading every morning, the pre- preceding reading on awakening, it says, you know, um, we're careful not to ask for our own selfish ends. Um, we ask that we be free from uh, self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. Um, for me, the light switch doesn't really click on or turn on, and the power of God doesn't really turn on until I get myself out of the way. Um, so that, for me, is just an, the key and essential thing. And I, I didn't realize how selfish I was. I didn't understand it. But through doing the fourth step and writing down, you know, around a hundred times writing down in the fourth column, oh, I was selfish. Oh, I was selfish in this way. Uh, and selfishness is the opposite of dis- discipline for me. It's what I want, when I want it, how I want it. That's my selfishness driving me, dictating. Um, and that's not how I live today. Uh, you know, the big book says we have a new employer. We stay close to him. We perform his work well. Um, we work for God. And for me, that essential turnaround you know, out of humility, out of understanding my first step experience that I'm nothing without God, that I can't do this, that I have a fatal progressive illness, that only God can, uh, can um, arrest that illness um, out of that dependence and out of that humility, um, thinking of myself as a disciple, uh, a follower of this path, and uh, one of God's agents. You know, we're, he's the principal, we're the agent. Um, that's where this program starts to come alive for me. I still catch myself doing it. I'll be asking God for help. God help me. Time. It's like, God. oh, thank you. I'll, I'll stop with that. Um, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Okay, Jody EQ, you're up. Jody, are you there? You may not have realized that I heard you. Yes, I am here. Thank you, Katie. Okay. Good Thank morning, you. everybody. This is Jody EQ, recovering in California. So, yes, um, we alcoholics are undisciplined. I can certainly relate to that. And uh, we have been given this, this blueprint, these steps to follow on a daily basis that will discipline us. We let God discipline us. But this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. And how beautifully Marcella yesterday in, a, in the special edition brought that home to us. Her example of carrying this message to the world was so electrifying. It gave me so much hope that uh, you know, if I will dedicate myself to carrying this message, miracles can happen. And uh, I was very inspired by her, as I am by all of you. And um, yeah, I just, faith without works is dead. You know, I must carry this message. I cannot just keep it for myself. I am transformed from a selfish, 
self-seeking person to a giving person. It, it truly is better to give than to receive. And the St. Francis prayer or the 11th step prayer can give me the power to do that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. Okay, we have one time for one more share. Is there someone with a burning desire? Russ M. Go ahead, Russ. You got it. Good morning, Inc. Good morning, my fellows. Russ M. Recovered outside of Philly. Um, so we let God discipline us. Um, you know, I, I look at it two ways. Uh, God directs us, disciplines us, sets us up if we follow follow what he's he's prompting us to, or if we don't, he's still going to do it. And, you know, the latter is going to be, it's going to be harder. And that's that's what I struggle with, even being in 10, 11, and 12, that docility, that just just being able to let God take over. And the more and more I go through these, these pages, the more and more I realize how self-centered I am and uh, narcissistic I am, because I'm only thinking about myself. Now, I heard many times on this meeting, you know, uh, 23 hours out of the day, we're thinking of ourselves. The other hour, we're trying to figure out how somebody could do something for us. And um, it's a long process. And, and when it says more action, for me, I believe that action, might, you know, taking no action is an action for me. Like shutting up, trying to calm myself down, pausing, and let God direct my steps. So this is beautiful work. It's challenging for me. Uh, but I know fruits come from it because I see it all around. So thank you for letting me share. Y'all have a beautiful day. Love you. Thank you so much, Russ. Okay, we have time for one more quick share. Anybody would like it? Okay, well, I'll take a minute. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater, presently in South Carolina. And we alcoholics are undisciplined. So we, get, uh, we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. And, you know, this means in every way of my life, spiritually, emotionally, physically, um, everything I do, I can um, take to God and have him show me how to live my life because I was living in every way by self will run riot. And I tried to, um, to, you know, to use discipline. I tried so hard to use discipline and, you know, now people think I am so disciplined, you know, Oh my gosh, you're the most disciplined person I know. And it's like, if they only knew, if they only knew that every single day I weigh and measure my food, I write down my food. I call my sponsor. I, um, pray and I meditate and I seek God's um, good orderly direction for my day because without that I am the most undisciplined um, like a feral cat and so with that I'll pass um, so thank you to everyone who shared thank you to everyone who helped to make this meeting possible this morning and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing the share ID um, for today, Monday, July 30th, is 11,721. 11,721. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jen A. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Jen A. in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.